Hello, I'm Janine Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. This is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly. We also take a look at the week's biggest agricultural news stories. But before we get to the 14 August issue, I just want to apologize for a printing error that slipped in in our 7 August issue. In some of the printed batches, one of the pages of the main article was incorrectly replaced with our subscription page. We have made this article in which Dr. Dardy Widendal writes about a 12-month herd management and traceability system available on our website in the section on cattle. There is also a link provided to access a PDF version of this article as it appeared in print. Let's get back to our latest issue. As I said, the 14th August issue, which will be on shelf from today until Friday the 14th. The cover features this week include an article about free state farmers who decided to stop grain production and instead concentrate fully on producing planted pasture to support their beef cattle business. As well as a story on essential oils, this farming project in the Eastern Cape is creating jobs and opportunities for poor rural communities. Our main feature this week will be of much interest to any farmer looking for an investment opportunity beyond the borders of South Africa, as we speak to Peter de Vol, a local winemaker who recently invested in a small vineyard in Slovenia. In 2017, when de Vol and his wife Laura traveled to Slovenia, they were looking for an investment opportunity. De Vol has been involved in the whole winemaking process, but since turning 50 recently, he has decided he would rather want to focus on the marketing, distribution, and selling of wines. Their well-known Mount Abora wines are made by longtime friend and business partner Krieger Fisser in Bot River. These wines are primarily sold in the US, Brazil, Belgium, and Japan, with a portion sold on the local market. The business project of owning a vineyard in Slovenia fits Deval perfectly as he sees it as an opportunity to move his Hermit on the Hill brand, which he established in South Africa in 2000, to Slovenia. Deval says there is good availability of farming property in Slovenia because young people are not that interested in a career in agriculture. After purchasing their property, they have strategically decided not to apply for residency in Slovenia due to the cost implications this would have. And he warns that labor in Slovenia is extremely expensive, so it makes economic sense to invest in a property which will allow you to do most of the work yourself. Johannes and Marijke Boeta from Boedil Angerstad, who farmed between Boeterville and Fuljunskrun in the Free State, decided about five years ago to stop producing grain crops and to rather focus all their energy on livestock production and planted pasture. The main objective with cattle farming, according to the Boetas, is to convert grass to meat. And for this reason, all livestock producers are in reality grazing managers. Producers, they say, either have to manage natural grazing or they have to plant pastures in order to ensure optimum efficiency and profitability. Their decision to switch from maize to planted pasture 
was partly motivated by the continuous droughts that have ravaged the western parts of the summer rain production areas these past few years. They said they also realized the days of keeping the livestock component on less than high potential lands are long gone. Profitable cattle production, they believe, now depends on the best possible inputs. The process of switching from maize to planted pastures took about three years. They now produce a mix of pasture crops, including sugar graze, cowpeas, weeping love grass, also known as Olandsgras, teff, Rhodes grass, and lucerne. On their cowpea and sugar graze pastures, they've recently weaned seven-month-old calves at an average weaning weight of 320 kilograms from cows that were between three and five months pregnant. The Boertas said that turning their business around from maize production to livestock kept on cultivated pastures took time and effort. And although it has reduced the economical and financial risks of their business, the operation now calls for much more hands-on management. Now to the Eastern Cape, where non-profit organization Corvo Corvo Essential Oils in association with South African breweries, are aiming to uplift local communities in the Case Kamahook area of the Eastern Cape by boosting essential oil production. The aim of the project is to establish 10 emerging essential oil crop producers in this part of the province. In total, about 90 hectares of irrigated essential oil crops will ultimately be established in this case, Kamahook area, and this will be farmed in small five hectare units by individual farmers who are managed according to a hub model, so as to efficiently bring commercial expertise to the local emerging farmers. Current projections for the project are that the farmers will become profitable in the next three years. The project now already includes 13 hectares of rose geranium, 28 hectares of rosemary, as well as trial plots that are being established for chamomile, lavender, and thyme. Let's move on to some of the top news from the 21 August issue. The fresh herb market in South Africa has suffered significant losses due to the impact of the COVID-19 lockdown on the restaurant and catering industries. Despite the market for fresh herbs being very small compared with that of fruit and vegetables, for example, it is an industry that has grown significantly over the past few years. Wilma Haywood, section head for the pre-packed vegetable division at RSA Group, said that despite the growth of the market, the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic has been severe and the entire market for fresh herbs has been heavily affected. Haywood said most of the fresh herbs sold at the Joburg Fresh Produce Market were coriander, parsley, and basil, and this usually went directly to restaurants. With the closure of restaurants, the entire market for herbs came to a standstill. For example, until April this year, about 6,500 kilograms of parsley was sold, compared with almost 19,500 kilograms for the same period in 2019. Rudolf van der Merwe, who is a herb producer and owner of Eat Your Greens, said his business had been severely affected. They supply airlines, 
hospitality operations and canteens. And since the start of the lockdown, they've lost around 70% of their business. Guavas are having a very good season. In fact, there is currently such strong demand for fresh guavas that suppliers are battling to source sufficient supplies. This was mainly due to increased demand from processors, specifically for juicing, which has contributed to an increase in producer prices, according to Willem Grobler, chairperson of the Guava Producers Association. He said producers in some parts of the country were still harvesting and were currently midway through the season. However, according to predict projections, total production for the season would be slightly down compared with the previous year, at about 23,800 tons. The volume of fruit used by processors for juicing was expected to increase by 6% to 16,800 tons this year. According to Grobler, the good quality of the crop and strong demand have contributed to an improvement in producer prices. This season, juice-grade guavas fetched a price of around 1,800 rand per tonne, a substantial increase on last year's price of between 1,200 and 1,500 rand per tonne. It is still unclear when South Africa will regain its foot and mouth disease-free status. According to Dr. Mike Modisane, Chief Veterinary Officer at the Departments of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, who recently gave a presentation to Parliament's Agriculture Portfolio Committee, between 4,000 and 5,000 animals still needed to be culled in the Molimoli District Municipality, where the most recent outbreak of FMD was first reported. As such, no application has been submitted to the World Organization for Animal Health to reinstate South Africa's FMD-free status. Morisani also updated the committee on the progress made by, by the Agricultural Research Council with regards to the production of an FMD vaccine. In the past, the ARC produced the vaccine However, it had over the years lost its capacity to produce it on a large enough scale to accommodate the country's needs. At the moment, South Africa is purchasing stock of the FMD vaccine from Botswana. Now for some of the top performing news stories from our website this week. As the lockdown and the irrational and damaging ban on alcohol sales in South Africa drags on, South Africans are again proving their resilience by learning new skills such as home brewing. Thanks to this, pineapple demand and prices are trending upward again. This has been a very welcome turn of events for pineapple producers who have otherwise had a very difficult season. Uisha van Straten, chairperson of the Shushlui Pineapple Growers Association, said pineapple exports had almost come to a standstill due to high air freighting costs which had more than doubled, as well as the trading restrictions on the pineapple processing and catering sectors due to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, Stratton said the losses suffered as a result of slow exports were at least partially alleviated by an increase in local demand. Farmers Weekly previously reported that during March and April, when Level 5 lockdown restrictions were in place, the increase in demand for pineapples resulted in a 200% jump in prices. In April, the highest price achieved on fresh produce market for a case of 10 pineapples was 250 rand, compared to the average price over the past two years of 50 to 60 rand. 
It has also been a difficult season for pineapple producers from a production perspective. According to Van Straten, during the first half of this year, production was around 10% less compared with 2019, and this was due to low rainfall and unusually high temperatures during the past summer. The controversy around livestock exports by sea is reaching fever pitch this week as opposing sides meet in the Grahamstown High Court. Alma Washi, which has exported approximately 120,000 sheep aboard ship from South Africa to Kuwait and the United Arab Emirates in two shipments since October last year, have been in court since the 6th of August to contest a legal bid by the National Council of the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals to have further such exports permanently banned. Alma Washi has repeatedly stated in the media that the company's land-based and shipboard operations made World Organization for Animal Health standards for animal health and welfare, and that any conditional concerns raised by the NSPCA and other parties had been considered and where applicable addressed. Meanwhile, the NSPCA has consistently maintained that due to alleged animal health and welfare violations, livestock exports by sea from South Africa should be banned by the courts. We will keep our readers updated on the story as it unfolds in the coming week. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join me again next week when I will be discussing some of the features from the 21 August issue with articles on how to grow brinjals or aubergines an easy-to-produce vegetable crop that can bring in steady profits, and read about the latest developments in legislation around water use rights and the transfer and sale of these rights. In our main feature, we profile a young backyard broiler producer who tells us about his farming journey and what he is doing to achieve his goal of one day owning and operating a large-scale broiler farming operation. Remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next week, stay safe and happy farming.